everybody. Thank you so much for joining us today on episode number 265 of the Real Life Runners podcast. Today, we're going to show you how to optimize your training by focusing on the things that are going to give you more significant gains. The mistake that so many runners make is that they focus on the wrong things. They tend to waste time and effort focusing on the small things that are just going to move you like that needle, move that needle just a fraction of a percent before they focus on those larger things that will lead to more like a 20% or even a 50% improvement. This can lead to a lot of frustration and slower progress. So today we want to help you get clear on the larger items you need to address to help you achieve your goals faster. This is the Real Life Runners Podcast, and we're your hosts, Kevin and Angie Brown. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Now let's get running. As I'm, I'm really excited about this episode. Like there were a few things that kind of brought me to, hey, how should we kind of structure this one? Trying to figure out new racing plans for certain people. We got cross country season going along. Oh, yeah. Like just trying to figure out what is it in a limited time frame. If you had to really break down a training plan, what would you have to include for certain people? Yeah. And because there are certain things, no matter who it is, no matter what the race is, there are certain things that are still key. And kind of taking some time to be like, wait, what, what are these? We should share these with other people. Mm-hmm. I think it's super important. Yeah, absolutely. Because like this is something that we see so commonly. And like, you know, we talk, we see people, especially on social media, like with the way that our culture is right now, we have access to so much information. And on social media, you're probably seeing things about like the best pre-race nutrition, like use these goos or these gels or this fuel or these shoes. That, they all say sponsored in the corner. Yeah. <laughs> to help you get faster, right? If you want to PR your next half marathon, you just have to use this magic gel or you have to be in these magic shoes. And while it's true that a lot of these things can lead to training improvements, what we see happen a lot is that runners often focus too much on those smaller things. And and I like to call them smaller things because they are like, they are things that will move the needle. A lot of those things can be very helpful, but the amount of improvement that you're going to get from a shoe or from the right kind of fueling right before your run or the right kind of fueling right during your run, those are smaller improvements. And a lot of times runners are putting so much time and energy and focus, like trying to do these things before they're addressing these really big rocks, these big boulders in the room. And we like to, you know, use the analogy of the glass jar. Yes. Which is a classic story that I've, I've told so many times inside of my classroom of of the professor that starts class. And the way that the story goes that I've read for for years is the professor comes in and everybody's there and, and talking and whatnot. And he just comes in, clears his throat and takes out this big glass jar and places it on the desk. And goes, is, is the glass full? And everyone's looking at it like it's a big empty jar. No, no, it's, it's not, it's not full. And he reaches on the desk and pulls out a, a box full of big rocks and slowly starts putting all the big rocks in until the rocks are all the way up to the top. And he goes, now is it full? And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, now it looks full. And he reaches under and he pulls out a bag of like smaller pebbles and he gently pours the pebbles in and they obviously fill in all the big empty spaces between the big rocks. And he goes, is it full? And like a couple people still say yes. And some people are like, he's got something else sitting under there. <laughs> And he reaches out to you, professor pulls out a bag of sand Mm -hmm. and slowly pulls the sand kind of jostles the jar and the sand slips in between all the little things. And it's the idea that you can just keep adding smaller and smaller things because there is still empty space in there. But the lesson can, there's a lot of different ways that you can take this thing as the metaphor. But one of the big takeaways is if he started by filling that entire jar up with 
bags and bags of sand, mm -hmm. there's no place to put a rock. And the, the lesson that, that I like to put out there, the, the sort of the life lesson is when you think about your overall life, make sure that you have room in your life, in your own personal jar mm -hmm. for the big, important rocks. Mm -hmm. If you spend all your time focusing on the sand, you don't have any room for rocks. And then you, you live in that whole, oh, I don't have time for this. Sure you do. You just poured too much sand in to begin with. Mm -hmm. Start with the big rocks. And then when you still have, once you've got those taken care of, yep. you have room for sand if you, if you still want to put some sand in. Yeah, absolutely. And I love all of that. So I think we'll just stop the recording right there. It'll be our shortest episode <laughs> ever. You guys can take that. No, just kidding. It's a brilliant metaphor. Brilliant. And go. It, it really is though. Like you can apply this to so many things. And, you know, inside our Real Life Runners training team this month, we're actually focusing, I did a, our monthly workshop the other day. And the topic of this month's workshop and our challenge, we have like monthly accountability challenges inside the team as well. The, the topic is how to declutter your training in your life, because I think that so often this is what happens. And yep. I think that this is something that is so rampant in society right now as well. Like the, there's just so much to take up our time, our energy, our focus, and the information is in the palm of our hands at all time, right? We all have cell phones that we're carrying around. The likelihood of you listening to us right now from your cell phone is extremely high, right? Most of you, I would say, are doing that from your phone, not from like a computer or some other device. So we are constantly bombarded. We are constantly busy. There's so many things that we have going on in our life. And busy is almost used as a status symbol nowadays. Well, you're also in all likelihood, and this is nothing against anybody listening right now. We love all of you, but in all likelihood, you're listening to us while you're doing something else. Yeah. Like maybe you're on a run, maybe you're, you know, cross training, you're on a treadmill somewhere. That's great. Mm -hmm. Maybe you're driving. It's really unlikely that you're just like sitting still and calmly taking in this information. Yeah. I always listen to podcasts doing something else, right? Like uh, driving, running, cooking dinner, right, because I'm always doing something else. Driving's not productive. So right. to be fully productive, I right. need to make sure I get my podcast well, going. That, I mean, yes. <laughs> I mean, there's a productivity aspect to it, but it's also just like, I love learning. And so if I have time and space to like fill in with some more learning, then I do that. I think podcast while driving is a great option. Yeah. I got on a bad habit, in my opinion, of too consistently that every single one of my runs, I was plugging into a podcast, yeah. which to me causes an issue. Now, don't get me wrong. You should listen to our podcast every week. Um, <laughs> but but you'd probably run more than once a week. So that's the thing yeah. is I started expanding the different podcasts I was listening to. Mm -hmm. And so I was listening to one basically every single day. Yeah. And I think I was tuning out of my own body on some of the runs, yeah. which is definitely what can happen if you always have something in your ears on every mm -hmm. single run. Yeah. So when we think about this idea of like decluttering, we need to get back to basics. And that's really what I'm kind of coaching everybody through this month inside our team. And that's really what we want to focus on in today's podcast. We really want to focus on the big rocks that go into our jar first, because like Kevin said, if you start with the sand, you cannot fit those big rocks into the jar. Like you can try to muscle them down, right? Like you could try to like get that rock in there and try to push them down. But in all, all likelihood, you're probably going to fit less rocks in the jar 
than you would if that jar was empty to begin with, right? I mean, let's grind so on this metaphor. We, You're going to crack the jar. And that, is, that literally is a physical yeah. injury or a mental breakdown. Yeah, Because you're trying to shove the rocks into your life mm-hmm. and there's literally not space yeah. because you filled it up with sand. And by sand, I mean scrolling on Instagram. Yeah, I mean, true. Like <laughs> so, so true, right? So what if we took that jar and just completely emptied it out right? And then we started with that empty, clean jar. So if you guys are like me, you're probably envisioning like a quart size mason jar. That is like what I use to make my homemade granola. That's what I use to like use um, for like flower gifts for teachers. I love mason jars. I think they're the cutest things ever. So that's kind of what I've got. Not what I had in my head, but I'm with you now. What do you have? What did you have? Mine was much more substantial. Oh, it's just a bigger jar. It's a big jar. Okay. Is there a bigger, is there a gallon mason jar? I'm sure. Oh, there are like at Michael's and stuff at the craft stores. You can get like really big mason jars. Everything at Michael's. (laughs) Yeah. I was picturing like a really giant cylindrical vase myself. It It actually didn't have a lid for a jar. Okay. So anywho, Picture whatever jar you'd like, okay? But I think that it's best if it's clear, probably. So let's think about what are the big rocks in our training? Like, what are those big rocks that we really need to fill our jar with first so that we can make those really big gains in our training? Like, literally the things that will take you from where you are right now to improving 20%, 30%, 40%, 50%, you can get much greater gains in trainings when you focus on these big rocks first. Then once all of those are in, once you are doing all of those things consistently, then you can start to focus on the pebbles and the sand and the water and the other things that you want to add to your jar. Okay. So rock number one, and this is where we always start with all of our clients. It's the module one phase one of our real life runners training Academy, which by the way, is going to be opening um, later this month. So if you are interested in getting some coaching from us and learning our Real Life Runners method, stay tuned for that. We're going to be opening up the doors um, to the Real Life Runners Training Academy later this month. And we're actually going to be running our free five-day running challenge again, starting on August 15th. So actually by that the time, smooth. thank you. By the time, I love how you like always point out like my little like advertising. It was awesome. <laughs> so by the time this episode drops, registration for the five-day challenge is live. So if you go over to realliferunners.com forward slash challenge, or just go to fivedayrunningchallenge.com, you can sign up for our latest and greatest five-day running challenge. I still think it's phenomenal that we own fivedayrunningchallenge.com. Uh, I own both. Both of them too. I own the number five and also the letter five. Yeah. So back to those big rocks. Okay. When people join the Academy phase, one of our program is always talking about intention. So that is what phase one is intention. Who are you as a runner? What is the reason that you're a runner? Like, are you clear on your why? Do you know who you are as a runner? Like you have to get clear on that personal identity and why you're doing these things and the goals that you have for yourself and what you believe is capable or what you believe is possible for you before you can start to set goals and like do take all these steps. Because if you don't believe in yourself, you're not going to do the things that are necessary for you to achieve your goals. You're not going to add any other rocks to the jar if you truly don't believe. You might start to kind of add rocks, but like you kind of do so in like a haphazard. Haphazard. Yeah, I'm trying to keep it PG, like half donkey way. It's a half donkey way. It's a half donkey way. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> exactly. Right. But it, we always have to start with that sense of personal identity. That I am a runner. Like you need to believe that you are a runner and that this is something that's important to you. 
it sounds woo-woo and glittery and that that should be sand and it is not like that is a huge rock that needs to go in as a foundational piece because honestly you're not going to consistently put any other Mm -hmm. rocks in you're like oh no no, i I put in i put in a rock you're like yeah you kind of sort of take it out yes right like Like you you put put it in and then you take it out it's in a jar it's just a tube like you put a rock in and it fell right through to the like (laughs) that's it you're not collecting rocks that's the whole idea behind this is like ultimately what you're doing here is you're putting your big rocks in it's a matter of consistency it's continuously focusing on fundamentals which does not it's not necessarily the most fun and exciting thing like it's, yes it is it's super fun and super exciting it's instagram <laughs> like i went for another solid 45 minute run today yeah like at an at a moderate easy pace i love it like like i will follow you <laughs> come follow me on instagram at real life runners and tell me like i'm gonna post my like super easy run perfect i'm gonna follow you back send me a dm i will follow you back because that's what we need to start supporting more of. we really do yeah. because so many people post their like work out of the day and it's like man look at this i did 12 by a mile mm-hmm. you did what like this just ludicrous but that's what people are putting out there because it seems cooler and you're mm-hmm. like oh that's awesome but what about those pictures from the next three weeks where you couldn't run because you were injured yeah. I mean, that's really what you, the, the dark side of social media, right? Like you see certain things, but then people don't tell you all the rest. And when you start with this personal identity in this sense of, I am a runner, therefore I do the things that runners do, which are the next, you know, rocks that we're going to talk about here. Um, then you're going to be more consistent. You're going to be more committed and more dedicated. You're not going to need motivation anymore because you're going to attack that from the core. Your identity is the core of everything that you do. So you have to start from that place. And I know that like so many people that have come through our program have gotten massive transformations, not only in their running, but also in their life just from this one piece, right? Just from this one piece of getting really, really clear on their identity, their thoughts, their beliefs, how that drives all of the actions in their life and all the results that they currently have and how to start to shift all of those results by starting to shift the way that you're thinking and believing and acting. Excellent. So what's rock number two? Okay, I'm gonna tee up rock number two. You kind of explain some details into this guy. Rock number two, mileage. In general- more miles will lead to greater improvements. Now there's an upper limit to this where yes, your life, your life can't handle more miles. Right. Like, or this, your body can't, your body can't handle more miles yeah. because stress on the body is stress and mm-hmm. adding more miles to it is likely just going to add more stress to the body. So part of this is related to, to a future big rock that you need to take into account, but to an extent, adding more miles will, in fact, in general, improve you quicker than other small details, like so, the exact pace that you're doing them, the very specific workout that you have to fit in. If you're doing like two runs a week for 30 minutes, you're going to drastically improve yourself by adding a third 30 minute run, mm-hmm. even if it's at the same relaxed pace. Right. Or a fourth 30 minute run. Yes. Right. And I think that this is where people start to get it a little bit wrong because they think, well, all I have to do is keep adding mileage, which is not true. So please do not hear us say that because that is not what we're saying at all. Like it, it is not true that if you just continuously add mileage, that you're just going to continue to get better. Okay. That is not what we're saying at all. But if you tend to be a lower mileage runner, or if you tend to be running only a couple of days per week, by increasing your mileage and by increasing the number of days 
you run, that will likely lead to greater improvements, right? So like what Kevin said, if you're going from two days a week to three days a week or three days a week to four days a week, that's probably going to add a lot more benefit than if you focus on exactly what kind of gel you're consuming during your long run. Excellent point. Right. But when you get into the point where you're running, you know, five days a week, six days a week, adding a seventh might not help you, right? And might actually do damage, might actually send you in the wrong direction because then you're not prioritizing one of our other rocks, which is recovery, which we're going to get into in a little bit here, right? So there is an upper upper limit and that upper limit is different for every person based on your experience, based on your body, based on your goals, based on so many different factors, based on the race you're training from, based on how much time you have to devote to all these other rocks that we give you, right? So- Yes, adding mileage can make you a better runner to a point, but you can't neglect all these other rocks that we have in the jar as well. Yes, excellent. You're also, you're not going to replace adding in an extra run, going from two to three days or three to four days, you're not getting the same benefit by your shoe losing half an ounce. It's Mm -hmm. just, it's not pulling it off. Yeah, for sure. All right. Another big rock. Yep. Um, Another big rock, varied effort levels with your mileage. Training at different effort levels, training at, or what you might think of as paces, right? Having an easy pace, a medium pace and a hard pace or easy, medium and hard effort level. That's really how we like to train our runners is teaching them how to actually tap in and listen to their body instead of being glued and locked to a number on the GPS watch that may or may not be accurate. Right. Because your body makes different adaptations at different effort levels. Right. So We'll talk a little bit more detail on this as as we continue on here, but on on this big rock is making sure that every time you go out and run, it's not the same effort level. Mm -hmm. Some days feel a little bit harder than others. Some days feel easy. Sometimes you hit this middle ground. But if you can say during the week, you've hit three different effort levels, and that doesn't mean on like a hard run, it's just go from like from the, you know, the the bang of the gun and you take off you're just sprinting for the the length of your workout that means that during the week you incorporate some harder like moderately hard effort mm-hmm. you don't really even need as a distance runner to incorporate high level sprinting that's a different system entirely mm-hmm. but some harder effort some medium effort and mostly easy effort that's going to be more important than exactly what the number on the watch says that medium effort is or that hard effort is exactly because then you're training your body to use different fueling systems you're training your body to get used to different chemicals being produced in the body you're getting your body used to using oxygen efficiently and moving the blood around more efficiently like there's so many different adaptations and you get different training adaptations at different effort levels okay so when you're running nice and easy and you can breathe easily and you can have a conversation with somebody, you're getting different adaptations than when you're sprinting all out at, you know, like a level 10 or even pushing hard at like a level eight running a 5k say like when you're racing a 5k, you don't want to talk to anybody, right? Like, and you are getting physical benefits from that, but they are different benefits than what you're getting when you can just go out on a casual run with a friend and have a nice conversation the whole time. Okay. And so what we want you to do is become a more well-rounded runner. So by incorporating those three main effort levels, now we teach a whole scale of, of one to 10, but the big, the big ones that you want to focus on are level two, that easy level, level five, like a medium effort, like a tempo type of run, and then level eight, which is that harder effort where that you can only sustain for a short amount of time. Yes. That's the big rock. The yeah. big rock is there should be three effort levels. Certainly so maybe the number there are three different 
rocks and your easy rock should be a little bit bigger than the rest of them. <laughs> sure. That's a good way of right? looking at it. <laughs> I, I'm saying that like the big rock is you train at different effort levels. Yeah. And then the smaller pebbles are the fact that technically we work mm. on a scale of one through 10, but okay. all of those other numbers, those are pebbles. Yeah. Like two, no, five and eight are the big rock. Yes. Yeah. That, that's your big rock. That's your your big two, rock. five, eight, big rock. All right. All right. What else you got? Let's move on to the next one. So nutrition. Okay. Nutrition is one of the big rocks and people like to think about nutrition with running as like specific post-run, like pre-run fueling, mid-run fueling and post-run fueling. And while those three things can help, those are really more of the pebbles. It's not a big rock. Right. We want to focus on your overall nutrition. Are you getting enough protein? Are you getting enough carbohydrates? And are you getting enough fats in your diet every day and high, you know, high quality protein, carbs, and fats, not just a bunch of ultra processed foods. Like some of those ultra processed foods, like the goos and the gels, like those can be beneficial for runners. Right. But obviously you shouldn't just eat jelly beans throughout the day for your, the rest of your diet. Like that should not be your carb source, right? Like you need to have whole grains, you need to have vegetables and fruits, and you need to have lean protein. And there's so many other components to nutrition um, including hydration. I like to put hydration in this as well. I mean, you could probably separate those into two separate rocks if you wanted to, but we start adding up too many big rocks at that point. But hydration and nutrition really go together. Like, are you fueling your body? Well, we'll just call it fueling. How about that rock is fueling, 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 right? Are you putting good food into your body? Are you putting enough food into your body? And are you um, hydrating well enough and getting the right amount of liquid and electrolyte balance in there as well. Because if you're not eating enough on a daily basis, your runs are going to feel like crap period. Like that's it. You know, it's not going to feel good. No matter how you fuel right around that run, if you're just filling up your diet with a bunch of junk, it's not going to translate well into getting, helping you to reach those training goals. Right. So quality and sufficient food throughout the entire day, not just focused on just before, during, and after the run, but throughout the entire day. And that includes before, during, and after your run. Like this is quality and quantity, like sufficient amount of, of energy going into your body, like calories need to be going in. It needs to be quality food all day long. That's Mm -hmm. the big rock. And then there's some details. We'll talk about those briefly in the future. Exactly. The next big rock we want you to focus on is sleep. Okay. And with this kind of goes recovery as well, but really sleep. Like, are you getting seven to nine hours of sleep every night so that your body can actually recover from all of the training stress that you're putting on it? And I would say the answer for most of us is probably no. Like, unless you're actually focused on making sure that you sleep at night, so many of us get so distracted by our phones, right? By social media, we're scrolling and all of a sudden we look up and it's like 11, 12 o'clock at night. We're like, oh shoot, I need to get to bed. I have a run in the morning, right? Like how many times or how many nights per week do you sit on the couch watching Netflix or watching whatever TV show you're watching or watching sporting events and not go to bed and then have to wake up and, and run the next morning or wish that you had enough energy to get up and run the next morning, right? There's a lot mm-hmm. of people out there that are like, oh, I really wish I could get out of bed in the morning. I'm just too tired. Okay, what are you doing at night, right? Like, how early are you going to bed? Can you honestly, like, take an honest assessment? Can you go to bed earlier, right? And there's a lot of people that are like, well, I've got my kids and I've got this and I've got that. There's too many things to do. Like, I get to bed as soon as I can. Okay, but how much time are you actually spending on your phone, right? Because those, very often that amount of time, we really don't account for it. Like, we're just like, we just 
kind of ignore that we spend, you know, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, a half yep. an hour on our phone. And maybe it's broken up. You know, like maybe you're like scrolling on your phone as you're like cooking dinner or while the kids are in the shower or getting ready for bed. Like what else could you be doing during that time so that you could maybe go to bed right when the kids go to bed or right after the kids go to bed? You know, like there's different things that you can do. And by prioritizing your sleep and your recovery, I mean, this alone can lead to massive gains and massive improvements in your training. I know it's tough to figure out which is the the biggest of the big rocks here. They're all so important. That's why they're the big rocks and they cover such a wide range here. These are the pillars of our company. These are really the the foundation of the things that we teach all of our runners. Yes. I mean, the the sleep is a massively important one. If you're not getting sleep, it's hard to keep up with Mm -hmm. the other rocks. Like that's the other thing is if, if you focus just on one of the big rocks, people are like, ah, there's so many things I need to focus on. We're not going into a lot of detail on these things because they're not huge, complicated things. Eat quality food, get a a good quantity of sleep. Mm -hmm. Like it it doesn't need to be like, oh, well, I've got this sleep tracker and it says that I'm getting this amount of deep sleep and this ram. Those are pebbles. Yeah. Pebbles. Lay in bed and, and, and rest. Like this is the key. This is the key. Yeah. And I think that like, there's definitely nuance and there's definitely details, but like, but those are pebbles. Those are the pebbles. Right. And those are the pebbles that we teach inside our real life runners training Academy. So if you want to know all of the details, come join us. Like we, we have all that information research backed, all set out for you to help you go through and like, see what is it all, what are all these things that I actually need and how can I actually incorporate them into my real life to make them doable, right? Because I think that it's, we can get very, very overwhelmed by all of these pebbles, right? And so that's why we really want you to focus on these rocks first. Okay. Next big rock. Next big rock is one of my favorites. Yep. It's strength training. Okay. You have to strength train as a runner, period. That's it. There's no debate. Like every runner needs to strength train, especially if you're over the age of 30. Okay. So Mm -hmm. if you are listening to this podcast and you are over the age of 30, you need to be doing strength training if you want to run for any distance and not get hurt. Okay. And if you want to run and improve your running, because people sometimes think like they've heard from other people, like in the past. And like, this was like one of the myths out there that strength training and running are, they work in opposition to one another, right? Well, if you get really strong, then that's going to make your running performance worse. Right. And while it's true that it does work on different systems of the body, they are complementary when done the correct way. Yes. There's a timing thing involved in this guy, but you cannot ignore strength training at at a minimum. I think on a, a big, like a really big rock position on this guy is you have to be able to strength train enough to keep your body functional and healthy. You're trying to decrease chance of injury. Like you need to be putting in weekly, ideally twice a week strength training, minimum minimum twice a week strength training so that you have the, the least chance of injury as you continue progressing yourself forward. Exactly. So what does strength training look like for runners? It looks like different things, right? And it depends, again, on your experience, on your goals, on what's going on. But basically, you need to have an adequate amount of strength so that you can run the miles that you want to run and achieve the goals that you want to achieve without getting hurt. That's really what it comes down to. So for runners, one of the biggest areas, and I just did an Instagram reel on this the other day. So if you don't follow me on Instagram, come follow me and send me a message also um, and say, hi, let me know that you found me from the podcast because I love our podcast listeners. Um, 
I'm we're on all platforms at real life runners. Okay. Mm -hmm. So Twitter, uh, Instagram, I don't really do much on Twitter yet, but I'm going to YouTube we've started our YouTube channel. Um, so you can find us at real life runners everywhere. But, um, I posted a reel the other day about this, what you need to focus on specifically as runners are single leg strengthening exercises. That is one of the most neglected and overlooked areas that runners need to be strength training, in my opinion, because running is essentially just jumping from one foot to the other, right? So if you go out and you do like a double leg squat, yeah, that will help to strengthen your legs and your glutes, but that's not functionally how your muscles are using during how you are using your muscles during running, I should say. Right. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like you're not just like double leg frog hopping down the course, right? That would look a little odd. Awkward. Really awkward. (laughs) Right. So you need to do functional strength training so that you can strengthen those muscles in the way that they are used while we're running. Right. So single leg exercises, you had a a great reel on this one, actually. Um, But strength training is critical. And the way that you incorporate it, whether you add uh, like resistance to it, whether you add weight to it, whether you're really trying to get substantially stronger, this varies. Those are pebbles. But strength training itself making sure that this is a component, a a weekly component, Mm -hmm. that's a big rock. Right. And it can be as simple as doing like some squats, some lunges, some push-ups, some planking, some side planks. Like there are some basic exercises that if you just hit those, you're going to be in really good shape. Um, so yeah, go check out my Instagram. There's a video there of like three of my favorite single leg exercises, um, that you can start doing today pretty much. Okay. So that's a good place to start. All right. Final big rock is the mobility rock. Yep. Um, this one is, it's tricky. In in my opinion, you as physical therapist can explain on this one of why this has to be the big rock. To me, it's one of the big rocks that you just kind of have to make sure that it's in there, mm-hmm. um, but it does not necessarily need constant focus the way that some of the other ones do. Right. It's more if you have a limitation, sure. right? Like, the- so mobility is basically the way that your body moves. That's basically what that term means. Like a lot of people like to think about flexibility and they like to think about, oh, well, I should be stretching, right? So there's some of you listening to this podcast right now that are probably like, why didn't they put stretching as one of the big rocks? Stretching is not one of the big rocks. Okay. No. I will tell you that right now. Some runners do need to stretch for some runners. Stretching should be a big rock. If you are one of those people that is super tight and you're muscle tightness is actually limiting your range of motion. That's, that becomes a mobility issue. Okay. So it's not really the flexibility that is as important. It's the mobility. It's how your body is moving through space, especially during running, right? Like when you run and you land on your foot, do you have enough ankle range of motion to properly go through that gait cycle? Because if your ankle mobility is limited, like if you don't have enough flexion and extension of your ankle, then you're going to compensate by somewhere up higher up the chain. Okay. So whether that's your knee starts to crash in, your hip will crash, like there's different places that will lead to other problems and pain and injury. Okay. So mobility becomes an issue when there is a restriction present. So if you know that you're just kind of one of those people that are naturally tight, then mobility needs to be a bit of a bigger rock in your jar versus someone that is super flexible. Like we have a couple girls on our cross country team that can like touch their like 
foot to the back of their head and they can like wrap themselves up in pretzels. They're like super flexible. Um, we do leg swings and they like knead themselves in the forehead. Right. Because they were dancers growing up. Right? right. And so I think that the combination of them being dancers and then also just the way that their bodies are built, yes. they tend to be hyper mobile. Like they have excess mobility, which is actually a negative thing too. So for them, I really don't want them working on mobility pretty much at all. Like I would much rather them take all of that time and and effort and just focus on strength training because that's really what they're lacking. They're not lacking the mobility to actually perform the motions that they need. Right. Because for the most part, running does not involve massive ranges of motion at distance running speeds. Sprinting speeds have greater ranges of motion because your leg literally has to go through a a wider range in order Mm -hmm. to get that. Specifically the hip. Yes, the yep. hip itself. There's not a huge range of motion you need at most distance running paces. Right. And so unless there's a specific issue, mobility is important, but it does not necessarily need the the constant attention that some of these other guys actually really do. Right, exactly. And if you are one of those people that tends to be super flexible, super mobile, you really don't need to stretch. Like, And you might not have ever heard that from somebody. <laughs> so I'm hoping that you have heard that for the first time. And stop stretching because you don't need to, unless it feels good. Really the the best reason to stretch is because it feels good. Like there's really no long-term performance benefits from stretching itself, unless you have like a mobility restriction that you really need to kind of work into. And the best way to get that figured out is by seeing a physical therapist so that you can actually have a professional assessment to see like, do I actually have a mobility restriction here? Or do I need to actually focus any of my time and energy on some stretching? Um, because quite honestly, a lot of people don't, and a lot of people are stretching unnecessarily and it's really not doing anything for them. And they've actually done studies that show that stretching can actually decrease your levels of performance Mm -hmm. specifically when done before uh, a competition or event. So stretching before a race is really not what you want. You want your body to feel mobile, to feel loose, to feel like ready to go, but you don't need to spend an excessive amount of time stretching. Excellent. Yeah. That's why I really like dynamic stretching without getting into too much detail, because like that would be a topic for another day, I guess. And, or inside the real life runner training Academy, we have um, lessons on all of this stuff, but dynamic stretching is really the best way for you to warm up for a race or a run. All right. So that wraps up mobility and that covers all of the big rocks that we've got. Yeah. So just for a recap, because I did the best I could to try and shrink them down, but there's a few things that are kind of critical to your overall success. Mm-hmm. And that's why skipping these guys, th- there's enough of them that if you focus on these, you can be remarkably successful. Absolutely. So to go back over those big rocks, we have number one, your personal identity, your identity as a runner. Number two, your mileage. Number three, your effort levels with that mileage, how, you know, varying effort levels throughout the course of your weekly runs. Um, Number four would be nutrition. Five would be strength and mobility and six would be sleep and and recovery. I mean, I usually like to, I always like to think of it as like five because I I usually put like mileage and effort levels together since that's like the running portion. So it's really what it is. It's like identity what's what you're actually doing on your runs and and what mileage you're running nutrition sleep and recovery and strength and mobility excellent yeah so that that kind of covers those guys those are the big ones now there's some other ways of kind of looking at these that i think are more like a pebble approach and this is where it's tricky to to differentiate between the big rocks Mm -hmm. and the pebbles because there's some categories that i'd say literally are the exact same big categories that we just covered. It just depends on how you look at them. Okay. So 
one of the key ones here, like mileage, for instance, okay? as a big rock mm-hmm. in general, a pretty solid rule says if you run a little bit more mileage, you'll probably be getting in better shape. Mm-hmm. So you'll end up running faster times. There's an upper limit to this. Obviously, you can't just run infinitely and get infinitely fast. Right. That doesn't work with good math. But in general, that'll work. The pebble comes in starting to obsess over some of the numbers of I need to go for a 10 mile long run. Well, no, you can go for a nine mile long run. Mm-hmm. That'll work just as well, probably if that's what happens to fit your schedule that week. And the same thing happens with your total mileage. Mm-hmm. Like people that want to end with a round number, they, they need 20 miles per week or like 30 kilometers per week. Like for some reason it has to end in a zero and that that is a bigger significance. So, you know, more mileage kind of works, but getting dialed in so detailed to the precise number is not as, as big of a deal. What do you mean? Like, so you just told us basically that like running more, in general, will make you a better runner, right? Like adding more mileage up to a point with certain caveats, obviously, right? Like making sure that you get enough sleep and recovery and all the other things so that your body can actually handle that mileage, right? But now you're saying that the exact specifics of that mileage doesn't really matter. So how do those two things work together? So I think that when I I say the very specifics is the difference between going on like, let's say you go for a 45 minute run. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, maybe uh, an easy 45 minute run, maybe you don't have that much time today. So you go for a 40 minute run, your body's not really going to make huge differences between 45 and 40 minutes. So it's not like you have to then make up that missing five minutes and add it to like the next run you have during the week. Okay, but but if you're cutting all of your runs short by five minutes, then that makes a big difference. Now you're, now you're using a pebble to chip away at your big rock, essentially. Mm-hmm. Like you still, the, the big rock rule of thumb of more mileage is, is generally going to improve you. That, that counts. Like that's still there, but getting so always caught up in, in the details of exactly what the mileage is. And yes, you make a point. If you end up shortcutting every single run, it also just kind of builds a mental habit of, Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't complete things Mm -hmm. like, which is also a a dangerous habit when you get into a race. Yeah. When you look at the mental (laughs) side of things. Yeah. Like if, if you've got a a workout plan, that's like five miles, six miles, five Mm -hmm. miles. And you're like, yeah, that's like four and a half and then maybe five and then five. If you're running a 10K, that last mile is going to be rough because you shortcut almost every workout. So when you're in the race, you're going to think, wait, I should be hitting the finish line now because yeah. this is when I this is when I shortcut my runs. Well, I think the other thing that I see a lot too that might fit into this category are when people get so obsessed with their GPS watches, right? Like if they do a, say a loop or they do an out and back even, and they end up a little bit short, right? So say you're doing a five mile run and all of a sudden you end up and it's at Mm 4.92 or 4.85. And they feel like they have to then hit that 5.0 mark for it to count or for, for it to be good enough. Right. And that's just not the case. Like your body really doesn't know the difference between five miles and 4.92, right? That 0.08 miles on like one run is really not going to make the difference, especially if you're feeling just, you know, worn out. Like if that run for whatever reason is like one of those struggle bus runs where you are just, you know, really struggling on that run and you decide to cut it short, that's probably a good idea, right? But 
if you're cutting all of your runs short and you're, you know, not hitting certain training marks, that's a different story, right? Yeah, no, hundred percent. Kind of what we're looking at here. Yeah. Okay. All right. So one of the other pebbles that sometimes people can get caught up in varied effort. We mentioned this a little bit up in the, the big rock of there's three basic effort levels of easy, medium, and, and harder. And harder doesn't even mean full sprint. So easy, medium, and, and pretty hard. Um, but getting caught up in the variations between them, like the level uh, three and four, instead of just like the big cutoff of two is easy, five is medium, mm-hmm. but then where's three and four? They're in there. They're in there. And but they're pebbles. Like, they're pebbles. Right. If you kind of say, all right, this is going to be a medium run. And you know that it's roughly five. Maybe it was a little harder that day and it was closer to six. Maybe it was not as hard. It was closer to four. Mm-hmm. It's still in the world of medium effort runs. Yeah. So getting caught up in what, whether it was a four or five, that's a pebble. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's just getting caught up in, in too much details. If you have three major effort levels that you tap into during the week and most of it is easy, yep. you're doing great. Yeah, exactly. Like you want 80% of your runs to feel easy at that level two ish level, right? Mm-hmm. Like right around that level two. And so when you're only doing 20% of your runs at the other effort levels anyway, it's not really, especially if you're a newer runner, as big of a deal if you're at like a level five versus a level six, right? Like if you are an elite runner, that's really trying to hone in on a very, very specific pace, then it starts to matter a little bit more, right? But if you are a recreational runner, that's just trying to get stronger, get faster, go out there, you know, feel good during your half marathon or your marathon and, and improve your time, you're going to probably benefit from being in those general categories. Yeah. I mean, at at that level, the effort-based training is substantially better. You got elites that have like Mm -hmm. continuous lactate monitors on them now that are trying to like read various blood levels. And you're like, no, no, you're going just slightly too hard. Pull it back a little. It's insane. Mm -hmm. The technology these people are using. So I'd, I'd be so curious to know how accurate that even is, right? Like a, how accurate it is and B, like how much of a training difference does that actually make? Like if they are exactly measuring these things. Oh, I mean, that's, that's a huge difference. I think between elite pros that have been doing this for so long yeah. at, at such a high level and most runners, mm-hmm. like pretty much, I'm going to assume everybody listening and talking on this podcast is going to benefit from kind of having three general pace zones mm-hmm. And you're pretty good with that. Like it's going to be remarkably successful. Right. Exactly. So try not to get too lost in the pebble details of like, what's the difference between a level five and a level six, be more concerned of the big rocks of what's the difference between a level two and a level five. Yes. Okay. All right. Another area where we think that people tend to get a little bit too far into the pebbles as well is nutrition. Okay. Because there, I mean, it's a multi-million dollar industry, probably, probably even with a B, right? Like billions of dollars, right. In sports supplements and those kinds of things. And while it's true that like mid run nutrition is important, especially for your long runs, if you're training for a half marathon, marathon or beyond, it is important for you to start fueling during those long runs, any long run over 90 minutes, you should be taking in fuel. But if you're 
sole focus is on that pebble of making sure that you're getting the right mid-run nutrition and not as much without as much focus on, you know, the bigger rock of your general nutrition throughout the whole day, throughout the whole week, making sure that you're eating a balanced plate for you and your goals and your body type, then what you're taking in on in the middle of that run is really less significant. Yeah, no, substantially. I mean, I'd, I'd argue to the point that you really should try and get your overall nutrition locked down yeah. before you start extending your long run to multiple hours out there mm-hmm. where you're fueling it with super sugary substances for the most part. Yeah, and I, I mean, mm-hmm. I would challenge the word lockdown because I feel like uh, nutrition is always one of those things that's in flux that you're kind of always figuring out, especially if you are training for a half or a full or beyond for the first time. And you're really not sure how your body's responding to that. Like most people that are training for their first full marathon, for example, feel hungry all the time because they really underestimate how much food they actually need, or they're taking in a lot of processed foods because they're trying to replenish things um, very quickly. And they were trying to eat a lot of that, but they're not getting enough of the nutrient dense food that's actually keeping them fuller for longer. This kind of takes to the idea that if you try and bring it down, uh, that anything out there, whether it's like the, the super shoes, you know, their Nike calls them 4% when they came out with the original ones for a reason, because in general, the studies they found were leading to 4% time improvements, uh-huh. but that was over like a large group they studied. There were people that had 0% improvements off of this. So don't go and buy the magic shoes. Don't think that you've got the magic like fuel during your run that's going to give you these huge improvements. Even the the magic shoes were leading to 4% improvements. If you're training two days a week and you could increase that to four days a week. If you're putting no strength in and you could increase and add a strength training day in, if you know, you're sleeping five hours a night, like these are massive things. You don't need to spend $250 on a pair of shoes Mm -hmm. thinking, Oh, that's the secret. That's, that's the category I'm, I'm talking of is people that are trying to find these little incremental improvements and skipping massive gains Mm -hmm. that, because they, they don't see, the bigger picture. I think. Right. I mean, and that's really this whole, the whole point of this episode is right. Helping you guys to understand that we want you to focus on those big rocks. And if you're the kind of person that has those big rocks in place in your jar and you are consistently doing them every single week, then by all means, start to focus on the little pebbles, start to focus on those grains of sand, because those, you know, 1%, 2%, 4% improvements will make a difference Mm -hmm. as long as you have those rocks in place. Okay. That is really the whole key here is like, don't start working on the pebbles in the sand before you are consistently having those rocks in your jar. Yes. No, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah. All right. So is that it? I think that's pretty you much just paused. I was expecting you to say more. <laughs> I, mean, I think that's, I think that's basically what we've got. Do you for... have any, any more details or little stories that you want to throw in here? No. I mean, the, the focus on pacing, focus on the magic, magic goo that's going to do it. Like anytime I mean, it's the focus on the small details with, the tiny without details. remembering the big, the big picture. And really. Sure. The details may yeah. in fact make marginal improvements, but Also, if you're fairly early in running or you're missing some of the big rocks and you throw a lot of the magic incremental things at it, Mm -hmm. you're really not even sure which ones are working too. Yeah, totally. And I think that this is one of the things that we really help people to see clearly 
because even, especially if you've been a runner that has been running for a while, you might just assume that you have these bigger rocks in place. Oh good. The dog is barking now. Fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) This is like one of those episodes. So we apologize for any background noise you guys might hear, but like we might assume that we have those bigger rocks in place because we've been doing it for so long, right? So we want you guys to take this opportunity after listening to this episode to just ask yourself, like, where are my big rocks? Like, are my big rocks taken care of? Um, Are they solid? Are they consistent? You know, do I have the room and the space to focus on these smaller pebbles and the smaller sand and making those smaller improvements? Solid and it's as just, a rock. Solid as a rock. <laughs> now you just have that, was it said that 70s That's the song, song that now? I have in my head as soon as you Dang said it. it. <laughs> Dang it. You're welcome. Kevin, just put that in everybody's head now, at least if you're as old as we are or older. So, all right. So all of the dogs and the noises and all the things are telling us that it's time for us to wrap up this episode. So <laughs> we're just going to do that. So as always, guys, Thank you for spending this time with us. Don't forget, new free five-day challenge over at 5dayrunningchallenge.com. Go get yourself signed up for that um, so that we can help you learn how to run faster, run easier, get better results, and not have to push as hard um, over at 5dayrunningchallenge.com. Thank you for spending this time with us. We appreciate you. This has been the Real Life Runners Podcast, episode number 265. Now get out there and run your life.